Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Baby Bowl Playoffs here. I guess we're starting the first edition. It's not the Baby Bowl anymore. This is the Baby Bowl Playoffs, Rob Norton. You are the daddy of the Baby Bowl. Correct me if I'm wrong. It is. We have made it, Wes. We have made it. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing okay. Hey, we're doing this during the Alabama game, and I just got some terrible <laughs> news before we went on air. Uh, James, the, the wide receiver James Williams just went down with some terrible knee injury. This is not looking Ooh. good right now. Minchie is already out. Williams, out. this is not looking good right now. The odds are stacked against Nick Saban and myself. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. I, I actually wasn't able to watch, and so that's that's terrible news. You're not able to watch? I'm not able to watch either right now. I think I'm jinxing it by being on this podcast. The only silver lining in all this, Rob Norton, is that you have dropped a couple of big names into the Baby Bowl playoffs. Who 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 who, who do we got in there now? We uh, we got uh, the guy from CBS. What's his name? Oh, uh, yeah. Heath Cummings. Heath Cummings. That's right. Heath Cum- I know who Heath Cummings is. Uh, and you also <laughs> got the other guy in there that just recently, Michael um, Florio. Florio. Oh, Michael Florio. Yeah, I've, I've heard that name a time or two uh, whenever I played around in the fantasy football <laughs> world. But all those great minds in the fantasy football community do not compare to our baby bowl champion, our regular season champion that we have with us. I've known this guy for over a year now. I knew the minute that I talked to him, I said, oh, my, this guy knows what he's talking about. I feel, and, and, and being in the same room, the same chat with you two right now just makes me feel like a little fantasy football peon is what it makes me feel like. But Rob Norton, we are privileged and honored to have the baby ball champion with us. It's Coop Fiasco. Welcome, Coop. What's up, boys? What an intro, man, Wes. Nobody does it like you, huh? Impressive. <laughs> it's the Michael Jordan poster behind you that has me all geek, geeked up right now. The pandering. Hey, if I move out of the way, you can see Tom Brady there, too. We got a lot of goats up on the wall, baby. <laughs> and I see a goat in front of me. Hey, you you bring a lot of bravado into the chat. You bring a lot of confidence into the chat room. And it's something that you told me beforehand about what you have to do as a fantasy football analyst. I don't want to say expert. Can we, We're we going to hold off then the expert, a baby ball expert maybe. But as a fantasy football analyst, you bring a lot of bravado. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing about fantasy football in general. And this is not just for analysts or experts or whatever you want to be. This is at every level. You don't put your money in in the hat if you don't think you can win, man. Like, so for me, I go into every league thinking I'm the best at this and I'm going to win this league, you know? And I think that's the attitude you have to have because if you don't think that you can pick the best team, you don't think you can find the best players, then why why are you putting a hundred bucks in the pot? I think I second guess myself sometime, Rob, whenever I get into the DFS lineups and I start overthinking things and everything on DraftKings. Is, that is a hindrance whenever you start making out DraftKings lineups, especially when you have too many voices going in your head, Rob. Am I right on that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's tough each week, you know, especially with DFS. You got so much going on and so much late breaking news that you're second guessing yourself all the way up until kickoff. So it's definitely an issue. I think we got to get Kangas a little more bravado too, don't we, guys? I mean, he's he's always lacking. Can you? I think he I think he's got plenty going on. <laughs> I love I say him, he man. Can... He's, a, yeah, he's fantasy alarm family. That one. He's fantasy alarm legend. But man, yeah, nobody has enough swagger for that guy. I mean, if, if swagger's what won you the league, Kangas would win every league every time week one. <laughs> 
<laughs> Coop, I got to ask you, uh, going into the Baby Bowl, this was your first year in participating in it, I believe. Uh, did you have a strategy? Were you kind of flying by the seat of your pants to start with, or did you really think this out? Yeah, so uh, I did Baby Bowl, Baby Bowl playoffs last year, but it's a totally different beast, man. I look forward to this year. I think that the Baby Bowl playoffs is the most difficult fantasy football format that there is. I, I truly believe that. I think that it is the most, like I did it last year and I was like, man, this is tough. And then when I came into the regular season baseball this year, I was like, this isn't bad at all. You know, it's like players aren't getting eliminated the way that it's like the whole team gets eliminated. You know, half the, half the playoff teams get eliminated every week, you know? So it's like, it's just a totally different beast in the playoffs. In the regular season, I came in, you know, I don't want to give too many secrets out there because I know the Joshua Cho's and the Jay Walkers of the world might be tuning in <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking for a uh, a way to win next year. But I will say I did I did have a strategy. Uh, I'll give a, a few pieces of it. One of it was uh, you, I used the best running backs immediately, man. It, too fragile a position. So I, I think my week one lineup had both Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey in it just because I was like, you know what? If one of those guys gets hurt, you don't get to use them. You know, so I used all those guys up right away. And the power in that was that running backs kept getting hurt, as we knew. So later in the season, I had Dante Foreman. I had, uh, you know, Alexander Madison. I had all these guys at my disposal that, you know, for me, I already used the other guys. So might as well just use those guys up. So for running backs, that's a little probably a little too much information that I want to give out there. But that that one, I think this year served me really well was to use those guys. Just because, I mean, how many people got to even use Christian McCaffrey? I got a week one out of him where he put up a decent number of points. I, I used him. He was It was the week where he got hurt in the first quarter, I think, is when I used him there. <laughs> that, that's my strategy, though. That's, that's my weekly strategy. I, Rob, who was it? It was Max, wasn't it, that had a good battle going on with Coop uh, at the beginning of the year, I think, for several, several weeks. And and even Max got into the old trash talking a little bit on, on the chat. Oh, yeah, and the baby <laughs> oh, yeah definitely. That was, that was, it's, it's definitely fun. And, uh, the fun part about it too, is that there's so many people, there's so many good, good competitors that, you know, there's, it's, it's a close race for most of the year. I mean, Coop pulled away at the end, that's for sure. Um, but, but yeah, like, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are in it pretty much most every week. So there's a lot of trash talk that goes on a lot of, a lot of, uh, fun, fun trash talk uh, that is, but yeah, it's, it's definitely fun, but I, I like what Coop said. I love, I love the, the, uh, strategy I got. I, I headed in with that kind of mindset. I got a little bit too cute, I think. And that's what kind of cost me a little bit. Cause I know I had a little bit extra guys there at the end and, and I did not want that to happen. And you know, I, I, it cost me there, there at the end, the last few weeks, I kind of tumbled down a little bit. So yeah, I, I really love that strategy. Well, before we get into the Baby Bowl playoff strategy guide here going forward of what some players that we're eyeballing, especially this first week, or maybe some things that we might be doing here at the Baby Bowl playoffs, Coop, I got to ask you, and Rob, I, I encourage you to chime in here after he's all said and done. I, I know you really value the tight end position a lot in football, and you keep your eye on that uh, all throughout the season, and you've got some great insights on productivity for tight ends and everything. Do, who Was there any of them that really surprised you this this year or some that maybe disappointed you this year, not because of necessarily injuries or anything like that, but just they didn't produce on the field. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a uh, guys on both sides. I mean, Darren Waller, for instance, even when he was healthy beyond week one, I mean, it's like he has these monster weeks from time to time, but uh, you know, he, he was definitely a disappointment. And in terms of tight end, you know, this is something that 
even I as a tight end analyst, and you know I do it every single week, it's mm-hmm. the position I focus on, you have to admit that opportunity is so much more important than uh, than skill even a lot of times. And what ends up happening is injuries will allow guys to emerge, and that's where you see guys like I got like Pat Fryermuth that start the season. He was completely buried on that depth chart behind Eric Ebron, behind Juju Smith-Schuster. But as injuries happen, things like that, you know, he emerged to be a guy that I, yeah, it's hard, so hard to see that coming. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, even Darren Waller himself originally, uh, he wasn't anybody. He wasn't supposed to be anybody. And then Antonio Brown froze his feet off, called the GM a cracker, and next thing you know, <laughs> he's the focal point of the offense. You know, it's like you have to pay attention to these things. Whereas, you know, sometimes you have a guy like Noah Fant that has all the ability in the world. He's, you know, best combine since Vernon Davis, and it just turns out, you know, he doesn't have the quarterback. He had the coach, you know, the G. Uh, sorry, the uh, offensive coordinator Pat Shermer wants to keep him in in line all game. They got three other wide receivers. It's it's a, such a war of attrition and a game of of looking at the opportunity and kind of throwing out sometimes talent in favor of targets, you know. So it, it's tough. It's a tough game, tight end. And playing time doesn't really matter. It's, it's it's not really playing time because a lot of times tight ends can have a lot of playing time, but most of the time they're blocking. And I know that was one of those things you've hammered home, hammered home, hammered mm-hmm. home, is that they're out there blocking all the time. They're not even trying to catch passes. Yeah, I mean, like the biggest example would be Tyler Conklin. Like this is a guy that had every opportunity in the world from every perspective of of basic overlook. Like you just said, he plays all the snaps. Adam Thielen went down, you know, and the targets were so highly consolidated among the top two guys that initially you think that this guy is going to be the guy. And then you realize that no tight end in the league pass blocked on more plays than Tyler Conklin. He blocked on 98 pass plays. That's nearly a hundred routes. He could have been out there. He might as well have been on the sideline. That's what I tell people. I'm like, you got to look at these pass block percentages, Tyler Conklin, Durham, Smythe, Jeff Swaim, like, you know, the, even a Tyler Higby, like if you're going to block on a hundred pass plays, you might as well not even be on the field. So that is the biggest thing that I've kind of brought to the table in terms of position. And I, you know, I, a few guys I've talked with are picking up now, you know, cause before you look at route participation or routes run. And again, sometimes the team runs 80 plays. Sometimes the team runs 45 plays. So you can't really just look at total routes run. You got to look at the percentage of plays that they're being asked to stay in versus go out, you know? Boy, yeah, Rob, definitely. that's tough. I was going to say, yeah, that's that's something that, you know, this year has really Coop's definitely uh, led me a lot more in the right direction. And that that was one of my kind of weaknesses, I felt like. And, you know, having him in the chat, I mean, I've learned so much from him and his weekly weekly uh, articles and and threads about the tight end. Um, I I can remember back to the beginning of the year, him and I were going back and forth about the Tyler Higby. And uh, man, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that that five game stretch for me has killed me for two straight years now with Tyler Higby. And I'm done. I'm done with him. He's he's he like you said, he pass blocks too much. Um now, like you said, like when it comes down to when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel and there's there's you know, you're in tough spots. I I did use him occasionally a time or two here and there, just like when when you're t- talking about a situation where it's him versus another guy that doesn't have that much more route participation and he's you know, in a game with a higher a much higher uh, combined total, you know, on a team that's much higher uh, implied total then yeah I'll throw them out there but like Coop said if you 
it's it's I mean, if you look at route participation, route percentages, um, you're going to you're going to end up finding a lot of a lot of breakouts year over year. And, and that's that's crucial. I mean, like you said, if you're in line blocking, you're not you cannot catch, catch the pass. So the more you run routes, the more opportunity you have to get open and therefore the more opportunity you have to see a target. And it's all about the volume there. That is Rob Norton, the daddy of the baby bowl himself, at Norton0723 over there on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Loafin' It. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. And we have with us today our very special guest. The I, what, what are we going to call him now? You're the daddy of the baby bowl, Rob. What is Andrew Cooper right now? Oh, man. Uncle? He's got to be an uncle. He's got uncle at, at least, at least. The baby, the baby bull uncle. Yeah, I mean that. That's a, that's got a real creepy ring to it, boys. I really like that. <laughs> that's, that's, you, no, you, you and uh, you and uh, what is it? Ben C was the other one. The other uncle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Coop, Coop D Fiasco over there on Twitter, though, at Coop, D Fia- <laughs> at Coop A Fiasco, I always say D, at Coop A Fiasco over on Twitter, an analyst for Fantasy Alarm, and he is the champion of the Baby Bowl regular season in 2021. And just a, an honor to be able to talk to you, pick your brain about that, also find out some good insight on the tight end position, which you are always an expert on and somebody I've always respected about that, and it's fantastic to be able to hear a great fantasy mind he has. Now, boys, looking forward forward into the baby ball playoffs we have this first wild card weekend here right now and we're always looking for the big totals because it's kind of a dfs kind of style but the problem with the baby bowl playoffs is that the players get eliminated as you go and like you said coop the the whole team can get eliminated as you go and if you pick the wrong side of something it could be a total disaster for you because all of a sudden there's a couple of teams that are gone that you're really targeting and if there's an upset on wild card weekend you can get real upset going further into the baby bowl playoffs as time goes on oh yeah no question i mean last year i fell victim to it pretty hard in the first round i mean and it kind of haunts me and now i i'm looking at my lineups this year and I just personally thought that Tennessee was going to beat Baltimore last year. That That's where I was, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to use Derrick Henry. I'm going to save him. He's the only good guy in the Titans, in my opinion, at this point that I can truly lean into. I want to use him in the next round, and then they lost. you know. And then at that point, I was just fully on tilt. Right? Once once I like had that in my – I was like, oh, my God, I'm bleeding. So the next round I went in, and I was like, oh, well, now I'm just going to use everybody good. Right? And I did that. And then the very, you know, coming back in the next round, all of a sudden I didn't have Patrick Mahomes or Tyreek Hill or, <laughs> you know, like, it's like the, the, when the championship happened, I didn't have Brady. I didn't have, I didn't have anybody on the chiefs or the bucks. Man. Like I, <laughs> my lineup last year in the championship was just a disaster, you know? So it was just starting like, you know, Tyler Johnson and stuff. So uh, it's just, it, it's such a crazy game. And that's why like, I look at it, it's so different than the regular season. I honestly, I think doing this one first and I encourage everyone, can people still join Rob? Is it still open? Yeah, definitely. I'll be taking um, signups all the way until, until Saturday. So, yeah. So I encourage everyone DM, uh, DM Rob. I mean, this is, it's a fun time. You get into a chat with, you know, not just, you know, the three of us idiots, but you know, like you said, Heath Cummings, Michael Florio, like there's some smart folks in here and you know, we, we talk trash obviously, but we have fun doing it. Like it doesn't get, yeah. You know, it's not like we're mean to each other. We're mean to the way you talk trash in a group like this is you talk trash to everyone as a whole. 
right? You talk grass to the to the to the entire body of players <laughs> rather than being like you know, uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, Kangas, you suck or whatever. Which <laughs> sometimes we will do that. You know, JB JB Barry, you gotta you gotta take shots at JB Barry in there, but. Uh, you yeah. know, for the for the most part, uh, it, it's just good nature, fun. It's for a good cause. And if you win, you know, that's a little industry club for you, you know. So I'd say jump in there now if you can. And if you do, you'll be so much better prepared for the regular season one next year, which I think is a little easier, you know. Huh. That's interesting. That is an interesting strategy by far. All right. Our two highest point totals on the board. The Kansas City Chiefs have got a 35-point total against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who somehow got into the playoffs. I saw, I'm still rubbing my eyes trying to figure out how that happened on Sunday, but it happened, and they're there, and they're gonna. They, they feel. I feel like they're gonna get rolled in Kansas City pretty handily, pretty easily. So if you're gonna start a Pittsburgh Steelers, you better do it while you can. The Los Angeles Rams have the second highest point total at 33, and they're playing the Arizona Cardinals. These two teams were battling it out all year long to see who's gonna finish first in that division, and now it's gonna be a playoff test between those two and Arizona Rob really backed into those playoffs while Los Angeles they got in despite a loss I, I believe so so but Arizona's just not playing well right now yeah they've been they've been on a skid for a little while they started out the year hot and it seems like they did the same thing last year too and kind of limped in I mean they didn't obviously didn't get in last year but this year you know they're they're kind of limping in the playoffs so it'll be interesting to see I mean obviously without Hopkins that's gonna that's gonna be tough um you know, Kyler, Kyler, I mean, everyone knows I love Kyler. So Kyler's been one of my favorite guys, but it's been a clear night and day difference with with and without Hopkins. So it'll be interesting to see in this kind of matchup if he can uh, step up and play big. Yeah. And, and Coop, I got to ask you, the Dallas Cowboys against those San Francisco 49ers, Dallas is up and down. Up and down. They, I, I can't figure out which team's going to show up on the field offensively for the Dallas Cowboys. And San Francisco this year has had some very explosive players in Debo, in Kittle, uh, in, in in the running backs, whoever they have back there at the time. I think actually the running backs have been a little disappointing to me this year for them. But Debo Samuel is probably the best running back on their team right now, Coop. This Dallas Cowboy team, though, I can't figure out this game. I, I keep going back and forth on who's going to win this game. Yeah, so for me, like I've been a bit of a I'm not a Cowboys fan, I'm a Patriots fan, but um, you know, the Cowboys are a team that I've been kind of a truther on. I think that they can be a good team. And what's gonna boil down to is that when you look at the games that they've played poorly, they've been either missing guys or had guys banged up, right? So, you know, Zeke's been banged up. They've missed the big one that they missed is Tyron Smith, and he's actually on the COVID list right now. Uh so I think a lot of it's gonna boil down to whether Tyron Smith can play. I know uh, Micah Parsons, who potentially could be the, um, you know, could he probably the defensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, he would be in the, you know, equation for uh, defensive player of the year if it wasn't for like, you know, TJ Watt. But, uh, you know, these guys are now on the COVID list. If they can't play, I think that changes everything. I think if those guys can play, then I'm leaning into the Cowboys for sure. Uh, the 49ers are just like, you know, rock steady, team but i think the cowboys are kind of that upper echelon team that i think has a chance to win the whole thing you know if everyone's healthy so i i could see that and i could see them getting put out by the Niners in this exactly. wild card round too it's one of those <laughs> crazy things rob to me the las vegas raiders had that emotional victory on sunday night uh i, I you know i i don't know timeout i don't know chris weber was on the sideline calling things there for the <laughs> for, for the uh san diego chargers or not but i look at this as cincinnati if joe burrow's knee 
is good, which I think he's going to be. He's going to play. Joe Burrow's a gamer, man. He's going to play. Uh, but I could see how the Raiders just come into this game just physically spent, mentally spent, and the Bengals really have a huge baby bowl playoff first week here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree. Uh, the Raiders, you know, it's they've been so interesting this year from from all they've overcome, and you know, like you said, the emotional win for Madden and and everything else, like. It's it's cool to see them in the playoffs. Um, and since he, you know, surprised a bit this year, um, it's awesome to see them in the playoffs. They're they're just a really fun team, to be honest. I mean, everybody loves Chase Higgins. Um, they obviously got Burrow, Mixon, Boyd. They're just really fun, really fun offensive team. Um, so yeah, in terms of in terms of baby ball too, like this one this one will be interesting to see. Um, it looks like I see since he's favored by six right now. So um, as we talked about before. When we're talking about, you know, do you want to play guys in it like Cincy, for example, there in a in a in a nice matchup, or if they're favored, do you want to try to hold off, play mm. maybe guys from the other side, and expecting, you know, the Raiders to lose? Um, but yeah, that's that's, you know, those are the kind of tough decisions that go into every week in in baby ball playoffs. Well, and that's what I was going to ask Coop next, because that's something that we have to try and do is we have to try and pick losers is what you want to do to be able to extend the player pool another round. You know, so you want to find teams that are going to play well, but still lose. And I think in this Philadelphia Eagle Tampa Bay Buccaneer game, I think we might be able to find that because Tampa Bay's defense, a little banged up, a little COVID or whatever you want to say that. And Philadelphia has got some offensive talent over there, Coop. I, I don't know what you have thought about the tight end position in Philadelphia, if things have opened up or not for Goat Air is what I like to call them, but uh, Goddard over there in Philadelphia ever since they got Ertz out of the way. Yeah, I mean, I, like that is one of the things that and, you know I tweeted this out at the time is that like this is something that fantasy gamers wanted, and we actually got what we wanted, which rarely happens. I mean, it's rare that we're like, oh yeah, just trade this tight end to a team that needs a tight end, it was and then Madden. yeah, it, right. It's like you know, it's like something you do in your fantasy league. Oh yeah, like you know, you had Max Williams, he got hurt. Hey, I'll just trade you one of my tight ends. I got a bunch of them, and then they're both good. It's like you know, so you just wish that would happen more often. You know, if quarterbacks or you know two running backs on the same team like why why couldn't that happen with uh melvin uh, melvin gordon and javante williams right like that's what we all wanted right <laughs> so you know for, for me i think this is a great situation to start a guy like goddard uh start a guy like javante smith who's playing all the snaps uh you know they're probably going to get trounced so they're going to be throwing uh i'd probably avoid the running backs there but again baby bowl in this situation with so few weeks you also got to try and make those contrarian plays too so, you know, maybe you do want to try and sneak a running back or do something crazy. You know, I, I think anybody out there that's, that's trying to win this, you have to try and balance chalk plays with contrarian plays. You know, so uh, as we get closer to the end of the week here, see what the injuries, see what the COVID's like, you narrow it down. But, I mean, this is probably your last chance to play Eagles, probably your last chance to play Steelers like we talked about. So you got to mix at least somebody in there, you know. And you might be the last time to be able to play the New England Patriots 
as well <laughs> in the baby. Oh, I'm sorry. For that. <laughs> yeah. So this is over, right? This interview is over. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, this this Patriot Bill game, though, I think is the most intriguing one of the weekend, Coop. I, I really do, because uh, we all know the Belichick stuff. We all know all those things. And we also know Buffalo is primed and ready to go. And, and, and as a very talented young team, but can't they get over that mental hurdle? Uh, to me, New England won the first meeting between these two teams. And they had a little assistance in the weather. I, you know, that that was really tough. The second game was still a close game all the way to the end. And Josh Allen, I almost just willed them to victory, is what I felt like whenever I was watching that. What do you think is going to end up happening this game? And I know your heart's into it, so I know what you want to say. But as an analyst, what are you going to say when you look at this game? Yeah, I mean, like, so if you go back to the last game, it really boiled down to Josh Allen being a veteran and Mac Jones being a rookie. It really mm-hmm. did because if you watch it, the confidence level was there. Uh, it wasn't for Mac, and I think that the uh, Buffalo is going to have to make mistakes. This is their game to win. You know, uh, if you have a bad interception, a bad turnover, or Josh Allen, you know, he he's a mobile guy. He can get himself into tough situations, uh, get banged up. I mean, those are the kind of things you're going to need to see because right now the Bills are just a better team. They're just a more poised team. Their quarterback, you know, you got to remember that Josh Allen as a rookie, what his past, he had like a 52 percent completion. Percentage and then next year that went up to all the way up to 58, which was still good for 32nd in the league. You know, he worked his ass off to get where he is now, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like Mac Jones is coming out, you know, people praise him or whatever, but he's still a rookie quarterback, and the Patriots going to need help. So, uh, I'm with you on that. That I, you know, I have to be a realist in this industry, I can't just be you can't ever be a homer. Like, I'm going to root for the Patriots, but I think that. You know, if everything goes right and both teams do everything the way they want to do it, the Bills would win the game. Some things need to go wrong for the Bills for the Patriots to win. Yeah, I've heard the rumor, too, for the Buffalo Bills that uh, Leslie Frazier, their defensive coordinator, an old-time Chicago Bear, is wanting to be is going to be interviewed for the Chicago Bear opening, Rob. And there was a lot of people that ended up being fired today. I think the most surprising one was uh, Flores. Is that his name down there in Miami? He, he ended up uh, being fired today, and we, nobody saw that one coming. Yeah, that was pretty surprising, um, especially considering how well he's done really over the past two years with the with the uh, roster he's been given. So the injuries they've they've occurred and everything else like it it was really that one was definitely the most surprising to me. Um, I'm I'm, you know, hoping for his sake. I'm sure for his sake he's going to get a job soon. But I think we we're talking about it in the in the chat uh, about how it was probably a lot related to you know, a discourse between him and front office and ter- and especially like probably one of the biggest things was in terms of Tua versus, you know, Deshaun Watson, like the thoughts between those. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was kind of like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, that was that was definitely really surprising considering how well he's done over the past two years. Well, I, I, I remember watching a Miami Dolphin game, though, early in the season and I watched it and it was in the fourth quarter. I think it was against your Patriots, uh, Coop, and I was going the, the, the Miami Dolphins know that Tua is left-handed, don't they? Because every play was kind of going where Tua had to run behind, backwards and around and turn, do little circles back there. It, it was driving me crazy. It was driving me crazy to see that. So I, I'm not going to say I was a little surprised. I'm happy for Tua. I think the big controversy there was either him or Deshaun Watson. And, and Coop, what, what do you think about him or Deshaun Watson as far as a quarterback for Miami? I, 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 I can't see I mean, Deshaun Watson as a generational talent, though. 
Yeah, I mean, like I actually liked what the Dolphins were doing with their rebuild. Like I'm a huge fan of the rebuild process and like seeing how that goes. I love what the Lions are doing now. I mean, the Lions are doing exactly what the Dolphins did. They traded their quarterback for picks. They let the veterans leave to get compensatory picks. You know, you can get four max compensatory picks. You know, they uh, had the least the least active spending, but also carried a bunch of dead cap and just rolled money forward. That's what the Dolphins did. They went and got to, uh, I think they did everything just right, honestly. Like I, huh. I, this is a complete shock to me seeing him fired. And I think you're right that it has to boil down to a personnel issue with the quarterback, uh, with, you know, Chris Greer. I, they kept Greer, which that blows my mind as well, considering, you know, if it, if it was, if that was the issue from the beginning, wouldn't you have, you know, gotten rid of the guy that drafted Tua over Justin Herbert? You know, like that's where I would look first. So uh, if if Watson's like the thing about this whole situation with, um, you know, Watson, his accusations and stuff like that, is that none of us here truly know what's going on. Right. You know, even the guys that I know, like Drew Davenport, that's a lawyer and tweets about this stuff. He's like he he's doesn't know what's going on. You know, only the people directly involved know what's going on, whether tr- crimes are truly committed, whether, you know, this guy deserves to be banned from the league or not. So for me, if the league says that this guy can play, if he can be an employee, then I want him on my team. He's unbelievable at football. We know that he's so very good. So, you know, that's just the way it has to go in the league where winning is everything. So to me, if he's exonerated and, uh, you know, and everything shakes out, you obviously want him over Tua. but I just wish, you know, if I was a Dolphins fan, I would have just wanted to keep going with what you had Give Flores another year. Give two another year and see what happens, you know? Last little bit of Baby Bowl playoff edition strategy here. Coop has already given it out. Play that chalk. We'll mix it in with some contrarian plays. We've talked about finding losers that will score high uh, from teams anyway. Uh, find losing teams that will score high. So you can do that. Rob, we also talked about in the past, like picking one side. Picking one side of the bracket to take all your quarterbacks from, so then you are insured at the Baby Bowl playoff edition during the Super Bowl, because this extends all the way into the Super Bowl, you will have a quarterback to play from the other side. Uh, and, and you don't run into the, the fiasco, excuse me, <laughs> Coop de fiasco. You, you don't run into the fiasco situation that we had last year without a, necessarily a great quarterback to play. So you pick on some of those very, like, like, like quarterbacks. There's not, there's not that many quarterbacks. So you just pick them all from the AFC or you pick them all from the NFC and you just stick that way. Rob, can you think of anything else that we've talked about for any first time baby bowl playoff um, participants that, that maybe some strategy that they could use? Yeah, I mean, in terms of that, you know, that you brought that up pretty well with the quarterbacks. You could technically use the kind of kind of the same mindset with tight ends, seeing as it's a one off position. So Mm -hmm. you could do the same thing. Um, I'm torn on that, though. Uh, Last year I did. Last year I used only AFC quarterbacks until the Super Bowl, just knowing that I I basically could kind of use Lamar, Josh Allen and. Mahomes throughout the three weeks and then use whichever NFC uh, quarterback got to the to the Super Bowl. And that's what I did. And it worked out fine. Um, I mean, I didn't win or anything, but I felt I felt good about it. It worked out pretty well this year. I don't know how well I haven't really fully planned out yet. Um, So I don't know how well that will work out with quarterback or tight end, but it's definitely an option, Um, you know, and you could also kind of do somewhat of a 
you know, like a finagle it a little bit in terms of maybe this week you play one and then kind of moving forward, you only use one from each side, especially if the one you choose, like mm-hmm. say this week you play like Jalen Hurts and they lose. Um, then next week you still have the full slate of players. You don't have a, a you know, a QB alive that could get to the Super Bowl that you've already used. So as long as you have that, that's that's you can go from that point and use that kind of strategy, you know, and be safe in it. Now, the thing that that I'm torn on, though, is the fact that, yeah, that's 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 the safe way to go. But do you really want to play safe in a league with 115 other people when you're trying to get top five, top ten, top one? Um, that's that's something I, I keep going back and forth on. So. I mean, it's 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 so tough. So I, I I really don't know for sure to be honest what I'm gonna do yet. <laughs> you give me too much information. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I had a good strategy going into this, and now I have all these voices going in my head. The only thing I know I'm gonna do, fellas, you know what I'm gonna do? The second week of the playoffs, I'm gonna fire up Derrick Henry. Is what I'm gonna do. I'm on the Derrick Henry. <laughs> whoop, whoop. I've been waiting so long to be able to pull that string and to be able to fire up them engines. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. I, I, I have I have vowed, and I don't know when it'll end up happening, that my daughter is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And if they make the playoffs and if they go up to Tennessee to play Tennessee, I, I'm going to take my daughter up there to go see one of those playoff games. So that's what I'm going to do. And I, I don't like to get out of the house much anymore, guys. I'm getting old. <laughs> oh, come on, eh? And dude, it was a in, Derrick Henry, being a Derrick Henry fan, is that because you're a Bama fan? Is that mostly right there, Wes? Yes, and and I saw him one time, and he he gave me a little choke slam and forced me to be a Derrick Henry fan for the rest of my life. So no, yes, it is <laughs> it is Alabama. That's that's that good times. That's nice. Yeah, and hey, it's actually uh, it's a good thing that uh, Bama tonight has been holding off from scoring any touchdowns until you get back to watching that game, right? I know. <laughs> I, know I gotta get off. I gotta get off. George, George is holding off too. Yeah, what the heck's yeah. going on? Hey, Coop, thank you so much for participating. Uh, you brought so much life and, and volatility to the chat room and everything. You, you did such a great job in there and uh, such a great job watching your scores each and every week, a consistently high score. And it was fantastic to watch you put those lineups together. Well, a wonderful job there, Maestro. I appreciate that, man. The only thing I regret is that I could not win any one of those weeks, man. Like I, <laughs> second place, third place. I think I came in second place like four times, man. Next year, I don't care if I win the whole thing. All I care about is I'm going to win one week and come back on this podcast and we'll talk about it. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds great, Rob. I can't believe you did it without winning one week, Rob. I know that that's that's just honestly, I think it's almost more impressive. It's It's crazy. I mean, I think Ben won like two or three weeks last year down the stretch and that kind of like propelled him to to uh you know a huge comeback down the stretch but man yeah coop was up there like every week he was he was always a bridesmaid never the bride though and uh, and and then but it didn't matter in the end because you know he just outlasted everyone death by a thousand cuts next year next year though i'm selling out week week one first three weeks i'm <laughs> selling out and getting back on this podcast just winning one week and then i'm you know then i'll just start scrubs for the rest of the year so that's my plan next year if anyone wants to know my strategy well we held <laughs> off having you on because you sure did look like you were going to end up winning this whole thing and we had talked about it a couple times whenever we needed a fill-in guest or something i said now nah, 
we'll have Coop on whenever he wins the whole thing. So I had confidence in you too, Coop. You, wonderful job, man. Always appreciate your friendship throughout these years. Uh, and you do wonderful, fantastic job at Coop A Fiasco over there on Twitter. He's the lead NFL analyst for Fantasy Alarm and uh, just so many wonderful articles. And you, you were writing like 100 articles you said today. Is that right? Yeah, at least 100. I wrote two on just two on <laughs> on the FFPC playoff alone. You know, I got snap counts, all sorts of stuff going on, man. So right. check check that out over there at Fancy Alarm. But yeah, I just want to say, guys, yeah, thank you for inviting me to this, getting me in this, man. I know we're in other leagues and stuff together, but you know, that's what makes this fun. Is that anybody out there, like it's the fantasy is only part of it. Getting baby bowl, it's it, the big things are charity and having fun. And, you know, the fantasy is the second part. So get in there and, and have some fun with this baby ball. DM Rob Norton, obviously, to get in on that. Yes. And that, Rob, you're going to be taking uh, anybody coming your way all the way up until close to kickoff time on Saturday. If you're interested in getting into that baby bowl, you can hit him up at Norton 0723. Rob, great job all season long. I look forward to talking to you a couple more times during this playoffs. Yeah, Wes, thanks for having me. It's It's been a blast this year. And, and Coop, great job. You know, I appreciate everything. I appreciate you being a part of it. It's been awesome. And uh, it was awesome to uh, finally get to talk to you a little bit. So it's it's been fun, man. I love it. Make sure you follow him at Norton0723 over there on Twitter. Follow me as well at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Subscribe, hit them bells, do all those things that you need to do to help support this thing. And get the name out there. This is your baby bowl. It's not Rob's. It's not Coop's, although he will say we are all uh, <laughs> his right now because he owns this thing. It's not mine. It's not. It's, it's y'all's. And we do all this just for you and for those great charities that we are a part of, too. Thank you all so much for supporting this. And more importantly than all the those other actions, though, we want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 